sorry I'm late. No, no, that's quite all right, dear. Your father and I were just discussing his day at work. Why don't you tell our daughter about it, honey? Janie, today I quit my job. <laughs> and then I told my boss to go fuck himself, and then I blackmailed him for almost $60,000 past the asparagus. Your father seems to think this kind of behavior is something to be proud of. And your mother seems to prefer that I go through life like a fucking prisoner while she keeps my dick in a mason jar under the sink. How dare you speak to me that way in front of her? And I marvel that you can be so contemptuous of me on the same day that you lose your job. I didn't lose it. It's not like, whoops, where'd my job go? I quit. Someone passed the asparagus. Oh, 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 and I want to thank you for putting me under the added pressure of being the sole breadwinner now. I already have a job. No, no, don't give a second thought as to who's going to pay the mortgage. We'll just leave it all up to Carolyn. You mean you're going to take care of everything now, Carolyn? Yes, I don't mind. I really don't. You mean everything? You don't mind having the sole responsibility? Your husband feels he can just quit his job and you don't... Will someone please ask me the okay, fucking guys, asparagus? I'm not going to be a part of this. Shut up! to the Cinema 9 Podcast. My name is Michael Govier. That's Travis Roy. And today, there is no Eric Branstrom. He is unavailable. He is... He might not even be gone yet, but he's going to Florida. If you catch up on the show regularly, you'll know that he is making a trip. So, we brought in the reinforcements here. And it's really no slouch at all. In fact, it's a fine substitute. Let's give it up for Christian Haraminski joining us live. There he is. Welcome in. Thank the studio audience. Yes, they love you. <laughs> Some shoes to fill now. Uh, Eric is actually <laughs> buried in this park in Griffith, Indiana, where I am now. Currently, <laughs> I mean, he's in oh. Florida. He oh. is in Florida. He did make it. His baby's on the beach. Oh, he is in Florida already. Okay, I didn't know if he was leaving because we're doing the show two days earlier than usual. It is a Tuesday night here live. Usually, we do the show Thursday night, seven fifteen p.m. YouTube channel is the best place to find us. Of course, the podcast version is always available to all of you. Five-star reviews, five-star galore. Today, we're going to do your selection, Christian, which is... There it is. American Beauty right there. Oh, remember this movie? hold up? Yeah. I do remember it. We're going to find out. That's what we do. Usually about, you know, half hour into the show. First and foremost, we like to say hello, chat about bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, did I miss the Academy Awards, Travis, or is it next weekend? I believe we lied to you last week and told you it was this past <laughs> Sunday. Uh, it's this coming Sunday, the 26th, ah. I want okay. to say. 
Yeah, it is. I was convinced okay. that it was last Sunday. Like I, I was like getting all ready to sit down and watch it, and then I was like, "Oh shit! I guess I'm doing something else tonight." <laughs> Buzzkill. Did I read uh, Bill Murray's going to be uh, presenting an award? Did I read oh, that right? I didn't see that, but I wouldn't somebody, be surprised. Somebody I like is going to do something at the. Oscars. Do you watch that shit? <laughs> no, I think the last time I watched <laughs> it was when I lived lived with Travis. Probably. Yeah, that makes sense. Like oh five. That tracks. Yeah. It's oh been, wow. Yeah. What do I care? I read it the next day. Been a while. Good for them. <laughs> I don't have time. Dude, I have a seven-year-old. I don't have time to watch movies a lot. Oh, man. I'm so glad I don't have kids. I can watch so many movies. You can watch them. They're just not good ones like Madagascar 5. And <laughs> Yep. <laughs> this is a thing. Now, we don't talk about this stuff, I feel like. Or maybe parents do. And me and Travis aren't parents, so we're not included on the conversations. But both of us, as non-parents, are well aware that you people are being subjected what do you not mean, only you to people? just kids' films. What do you mean, you people? You know what I mean. <laughs> but not only just kids' films, you have to watch them again and again and again. And I just yeah. wouldn't put up with that. I mean, I know you're a parent, so you're not going to tell me, hey, you don't know what it's like to be a parent, blah, 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 blah. But why? I, it's like I remember when, when I was a kid, and this is true for all kids, like you you have no capacity to be worn out on something. You can just watch <laughs> it over and over and over again. So like, even if you're a parent now and there's something good that comes out, you're like, oh. In Kanto. Well, that was pretty good. I guess I'll watch it five million times. Third time, I can't even fucking take it. <laughs> Bruno, no, no, no. <laughs> By the way, uh, can we just say that? Can we just say that it's overrated? All oh, of I liked that it movie? very much. It was what? good, but it. I mean, it was. Eh. I feel like it's maybe really? rated differently in your universe than mine. I don't know. I hear all these people singing all these songs, and yeah, it's see, they're not what good. I mean. I don't hear people singing those songs. You don't? It's in my world. (laughs) You don't go to daddy-daughter dances? I haven't been in ever, actually. My entire life. It's not a thing I've done. Wow. Okay. There you will hear about the family madrigal. (laughs) Wow. We got this this no-talent actress again. She can roll her R's well. Let's throw her in there. That's where we're getting from Disney these days. Is that wow. what it is? Is that what's become now? Wow. I don't know. Coming in hot with film takes. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So oh, we're hey. What we're yeah. here for? What were we talking about? Don't Not... piss off. Don't piss off Travis. He loves animated movies, and I don't want no, you I to know. ruin it for him. I know him, what he so. wants. I know what he likes. <laughs> you can you can knock on Encanto. Yeah. I, I can handle it. I haven't seen Encanto. Just, just the last two. Like I've seen. I've had to watch Turning Red even twice. Like, oh, Jesus. I like that one, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. They said both guys last week. You both said you liked it. I like turning red quite a bit. I wouldn't be ready to turn around and watch it again. Not, not I mean, it's, it's serviceable. <laughs> <laughs> it I wouldn't fine. turn around and watch it again. Okay. By the way, if you get rid of the Chinese people in that, you don't have a movie. Because, I mean, what is the well, South yeah. African, what, what is the South African's chick's spirit animal or whatever? It's not a fucking Himalayan red panda. <laughs> Man, I just don't understand well, any of this, but uh, that's I mean, fine yeah, by me. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh no! Oh, no. That's like, I haven't oh, even seen no. Sing. Wasn't Sing like two years ago? I didn't even see that one. Did you know? There's a second one, I think. If you take the movie, shit, Top there's two. Gun, if you take there's Top two Gun and take all the white people out of it, there's just a bunch of planes falling <laughs> out of the sky. Did you know I that? meant no, but I. <laughs> I don't think I meant. I don't think that's what I meant. <laughs> uh, by the way, I didn't mean Sing. I meant Soul. So. Oh, oh yeah, no! But sing. I mix Very them up. That's movie. how ubiquitous it is to me. So. Mm. Wait, no, come on! But Soul was great. Soul Sing was, was probably not. I didn't see it, but I turned Sing off. 
Oh, there. See, there you go. Mm. Yeah, but you hey, love I, Soul, right? I love Soul. Love Soul. I remember. See, that's what I expect from Disney, and they've just been churning out kind of like this, like I said, just serviceable. It's fine, mm. but it is like the scripts are sounding like Madagascar Five. Just the only thing they have different is better animation, I guess. Okay. Whatever. Hey, anyway. that's okay. It's not your fault. Okay. Stop it's giving Walt Disney fault. handies all day. Disney handies. All right. That's not awkward. All right. Let's get into what we'd like to call quarantine viewing picks. We have our special guest host, uh, Travis Christian's here. So we already said hello to him. I think we covered that, right? Hey, Chris, are you here? Hi. Um, To his friends. Old hockey temper. Uh, (laughs) He likes hockey and he has a temper. Uh, It's old? old I got a seven-year-old watching me. I noticed how she'd watch me in the car, like, starting... I just changed what I say. Like that wow. guy is no longer a fuck face. He is a donkey or, you know, some other He's a donkey. That's an insult to donkeys. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> I knew he would say that. Uh, Travis, let's give it to you though. Quarantine viewing picks. That's how we do it. What have you been watching? You have anything to recommend this week? You know, it's a shorter week, but I still crammed a bunch of movies and I actually watched a lot. Over here, here. Yeah. Um, I watched some new films, such as the new, I watched a 2022 film. I watched Windfall, Whoa. which is the new Charlie Mc, uh, McDowell film. He's the guy behind The Discovery and The One I Love, which I know Eric really loved. He turned me on to that film. So he's a writer director. He's reunited with Jason Siegel. There's a new Jason Siegel film. So, of course, I'm going to sit down and watch it. Uh, it's also got um, Jesse Plemons in it. And I think this is maybe the best work I've seen Plemons do. I mean, he's really, really good in it. A little and, boring Jesse Plemons. I mean, yeah, just good enough. He, <laughs> adequate Plemons, as they called him back in high school. <laughs> yes, yes. And, no, he's, 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 he gets to flap his wings a little extra in this one, I think. It's a, it's a three-hander with Lily Collins. And uh, not, not a ton of surprises, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, didn't blow me away, but Windfall is worth checking out, and that's uh, the, the the most recent movie I watched. I watched some 2021 movies, including The King's Man, which I like the first two. I like Matthew Matthew Vaughn. This one, it starts off really good, and then like it just starts getting more and more bizarre. I I don't want to give you too many spoilers. Minor spoiler: there is a scene where Ray <laughs> Fine is having his thigh licked by Reese Ifans, which that's where the movie goes like just like his bare thigh being licked i don't know um so like so that. that so that was a movie uh <laughs> i watched some older movies as well i revisited dark shadows which we've talked about in this movie on this podcast before which I mean it's a movie podcast up. yes it's true I, um our recent guest hosts and new friends the podcasting after dark did an episode on deep rising so i had to rewatch deep rising and you know that movie is just so dumb and entertaining you know it's you can't help being entertained by it it's fucking stupid but it's entertaining and uh i watched summer rental which i hadn't seen since i was a kid that was fun to watch uh mr candy doing his thing you know it's it is quite a difference to watch it when you're five and when you're 41 so that was nice and uh and i took care of a couple of uh of nominees for best picture speaking of the oscars as we were earlier Finally checked out Licorice Pizza. Oh, boy. <sighs> yep. I, I there know, it like, is. I know that. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I'm, like, I just, I just said is. nice things about Deep Rising. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I get on film Twitter every now and then, and people have so many strong opinions. <laughs> I feel like all those people, if they were to listen to this podcast, would be like, Licorice Pizza is the most masterful movie of all time. And like, I fucking, <laughs> I could not wait to be finished with the fucking thing. When it was over, I was like, thank yep. God, I'm fucking done, finally. I agree. I agree. It took me all day. It, it, you agree. I'm glad. I, mean, I agree with that final feeling. I do. Yeah. I do. I mean, it just like, I'm like, how about a plot? You know, I don't think I do really well with hangout movies. I think they're not, it's not my style. I just don't really care. The whole movie was worth it for Tom Waits walking through a cloud of cigarette smoke at one point. Other than that, I was bored of fucking tears. What do you think of Days of Confused? Good to know. I never cared for it. Okay. Well, that's interesting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, would, well, it. that would track with what you're saying. So, yeah, I've never, I've never been into it. Uh, last but not least, about five minutes before we started this podcast, I finished uh, another Academy Award nominated film, Drive My Car. This is a, a Japanese film that's getting a lot of attention. Yeah, it is. It, it is named after the Beatles song, but the song doesn't appear oh. in the movie. They couldn't get the rights. But expensive boredom, probably. This uh -huh. is ten million dollars a minute. Fuck. This, this is a three-hour Japanese film. Jesus. And I was like, Oof. yeah, I'm like, oh my god. And then halfway through it on HBO Max, like the subtitle stopped working, and I had to like figure something else out days later. It was, it was so I kind of got broken up in watching that. Unfortunately, it was really weird. The subtitles just stopped working. But for a three-hour movie that really is incredibly understated and kind of slow, and it's really a, it's, I mean, it's a character piece. But you get to really spend time with these characters and and, and develop with them. And man, I loved Drive My Car. I thought it was really really good it was work in some ways because it's a three-hour fucking japanese movie but man that guy can direct it's like he just has this natural ability to put the camera exactly where it needs to be really strong direction uh really touching story i was really moved by driving car i'm gonna, I'm gonna drive my car i'm gonna say that that's probably the best movie i watched this week yeah it definitely was whoa wow how about that? Okay. That's intense. Intensidad. Intensity in 10 cities. Live at Budokan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's very light for me. Again, uh, I did watch this movie that we're supposed to watch this week, of course, American Beauty. Exactly. Good. Did you, I, did you fast forward at all? <laughs> of course you did. It's Mike. <laughs> I actually, I did one part and I think you'll know what it is, but I'll get back to you on that. Okay. So I watched Coda. Speaking of you Academy did. Award nominated movies. Boy, I was misdirected on Coda somehow. I don't know how this happens. What? I'm not I'm not prone to fallibility. Shit happens. Um I thought it was a western for some reason. Somebody <laughs> got it in my head. <laughs> so I was delaying uh, that's, watching that's Power Coda. Of the Dog. I think you're thinking of Power of the Dog, another Academy Award nominated film. That's also on my list. Okay, so that makes sense. Somehow that got in my head that Coda was the western and so I <laughs> I dragged on watching it, but Coda's not a western. Not at all. And all I could think in the, the entire time I watched Coda was how did it take this long for this movie to get made? It seems like this movie should have been made a long time ago. Well, it's funny you say that because it's a remake. It is. Yeah, it's a movie. I think it's the original film was um, ne Netherlands, I want to say, like 20 years ago. Oh, okay. Ago. Something oh, like so, that. But yeah, somewhat it, still newer. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, you know, I just feel like there's been deaf people in the world for a long time and this movie, I just kept thinking yeah, this movie was overdue. I just, I couldn't get over that point for some reason, but as a film itself, 
I may have fast forward a couple spots. Like, well, it is about family, you know, so I could see where you wouldn't be into that. No, I like the family shit. You know what I didn't like is the teenage that, love story. I know exactly how it goes. Uh -oh. You got to blow somebody off, and then you got to forgive them. And yeah, oh, you're going to make out at the end of the scene. I can fast forward the scene. I guarantee you'll make out at the end of it, and you'll be better off for it. So I already know. I'm good. So that part was easy for me. So did you like the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was enjoyable, a rock okay. solid film. Uh, there's no way in hell it wins. No, it's not a western. There's no way in hell it wins because it's Apple TV Plus. I just don't think all this bullshit that goes into you know the complaint I have about the Oscars, all this yeah. campaigning and stuff behind the scenes. They're just not going to let it win because there's some bullshit about Apple TV and Netflix taking over the world, etc. So it, I think it really is worthy. It's a really heartfelt fresh film but i don't think it'll win hmm. all right you watch anything else yeah hmm. very much right. um, <laughs> i watched i started watching that winning time show i will mention that it's a new hbo show oh yeah now, you, it's about basketball in the lakers early days so you might be turned oh, off by that, that show, but really yeah. yeah, he plays Dr. Jerry Buss, who was a real-life owner of the Lakers when Magic Johnson first showed up to the Lakers in 1979. And there's a lot of... It's directed by Ed McKay, so instantly it gets credibility. And I'm really digging it. I only watched the first episode. If you don't like basketball, it doesn't matter. It's just all about... There's social commentary, economic, political, all types of you know gender roles. Everything's being upthrown in this... Upthrown? I don't think that's Thrown a up. word. Thrown out? It's being thrown out the window. Um, maybe it's, it's being broken through the glass ceiling. <laughs> brainstorm. Yeah, let's brainstorm. Um, Fern is saying Minsky. Oh, that's you, buddy. Hi, that is hey. my last, last five of my yeah. last name. Last six. <laughs> yeah. You could be excited. It's okay. Don't Minsky be shy. Minsky and his fucking We know you're a grown-ass man. Mr. Minsky Reddy. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it. Uh, I have a couple other of those films, like you mentioned. I... I'm still trying to go see Spider-Man in the theater. Uh, I tried to go see it on Friday, but my brother kind of prevented me from being able to do that. So that's okay. Shit happens. Shit happens. But that's okay. Because Christian Herminski is here to talk to us about some movies he'd like to recommend to you. This is your big chance here now. You're on the show as a special guest. Oh. You can recommend any movies you want. The floor is yours. Oh, wow. Fuck. Or you can shit on some really movies. I was just going to give you a few that I've been watching lately yeah, that's or have seen. Oh, you could do that too. Yeah, like yeah don't worry. I, I yeah, thought about fine. it, you know, two years of movies that I've seen, but <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> you could shit on movies too because you love shitting on things. So you're really good at it. Yeah, toilets too. <laughs> toilets last night, too? Last night that's I finished um, Game of Thrones again. Oh, nice. Um, Why? It was as disappointing as it was the first time. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Why would you anyway. do that to yourself? Well, because I was thinking one day about that story arc of Hodor, and I was like, dude, that was so fun. And then I had to go and relive it. And you can't just watch that episode. Mm -hmm. You have to like get to know Hodor from the beginning again. And I did. And I fucking mm. cried again. And it was awesome. And it was worth it, you know, and everything else. And then it just it falls apart at the end. It's so fucking bad. But anyway, that's yep. that's good. So it bad. does fall apart at the end. But just to jump in real quick, I mean, it, at least on the rewatch, you can watch it and be like, oh, uh, they really set Daenerys up to lose her shit from moment one. She talks about lighting cities on fire from the first season on. She's like, I'm going to burn people down. I'm going to kill people and burn them down. I'm going to burn them all. And she does it like eight for eight seasons. Is her saying that? Then it happens, and everyone's like, what? what? Why Daenerys? <laughs> that's an interesting point okay 
It is, but she killed all those no, innocents. I, that, I mean, wasn't she that talks her about old... doing it though? I'm not saying it's cool. I'm just saying it doesn't come out of nowhere. She literally talks about it for but why, seasons. Why were they different? But though? there's an arc. Yeah. Why were they different than like the the unsullied that were slaves? Because they're slaves to their queen. Why would she kill them? Why wouldn't she? I'm just not saying she's them? in the right. No, no, I understand. <laughs> I get what you're saying too, but it's just it it rubbed me the wrong way because you know. I think she was a hero until that moment, and that right. was really disappointing. Yeah, to give me seven fucking seasons of that. <laughs> yeah, who cares about that? Even all the bullshit that you know about now behind the scenes with those two doofuses fucking it all up. So, and the things they've literally said that just fly in the face of logic and quality writing. Benny Off and Weiss, they fucked themselves, and now they're fucking pariahs all over the globe when it comes to entertainment. So, really, they are. Every huh. that shit got canceled. Several things got. Thrown out of the war. They were supposed to have a Star Wars thing that got yeah. dismissed. They had a lot of things lined up that didn't. I mean, the one that wasn't, it didn't sound so great. Something he said, one of them said something stupid about slavery and they're supposed to do a Confederacy they were, yeah, reimagined. They were going to do like, uh, yeah, if, what if the Confederacy had won or if like, yeah, the, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, well, then you just, they'll be well, millionaires forever though. So shooting in Georgia would be perfect. <laughs> that's where everyone's uh, yeah we love that. that's our running that's a new thing on this show that's three straight weeks we talked about shooting in georgia so georgia I, oh is that where i got it from maybe from last week's show yeah, it, it is it's secretly we're putting it in there <laughs> um i i threw in nightmare alley the other week i guess okay and i got halfway through it and i was like <laughs> eh, oh so you watch kind of yeah I uh, think I'll revisit it, and I never—I just haven't gotten around to it. Maybe I will. It's just—it was like you got rid of all the cool people, all the interesting, mysterious characters, and then I don't even know where it was going. Don't really care. I wish I'd done what you did. Bradley Cooper is not my favorite, so I was—I had no nothing invested emotionally with with him or anybody. Uh, so yeah, like, I'm not gonna watch that then. Once the foe's out, I'm just like, no, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Um tried to pick up ozark again i guess the new season and then there's i guess another one coming out or something and i i got through the first episode and i we never got back to that my wife and i are you know it's that's our one of our shows we watch together it's just i don't know it's too chaotic at this point i don't know if you guys are fans or have watched any of it it's just it's chaos like every week it's just something like beyond it's something bigger and bigger and it's like all right now it's it was realistic and now it's not i don't care Jump the shark yeah kind of um say righteous gemstones i know you're a fan of that mike right yeah i watched season two season two um i watched the first episode and i haven't thrown it back on yet and i like mm. i roared through the first one it's like yes i was so excited but this uh i don't know this this, <laughs> the shirtless dude yeah, the army <laughs> it's just too uncomfortable and dumb it Are doesn't you make any it's sense. hilarious it's funny it doesn't but make... it's, it's just cringe i i don't know so I, it only gets stupid more stupid. Because, well, I grew up in kind of that that realm, so it it like makes me angry. I don't laugh so much. And not I'm not saying yeah. that I went to a church where there were shirtless, like rip dudes, but <laughs> you know that kind of that mentality of just yeah, um, <laughs> follow the leader. Uh, the other week, here's an older uh, Eric might uh, appreciate this one. I was on a Delta flight to Vegas. And I threw in White Heat, an old James Cagney film from 49. It was fucking good, dude. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. It was really, like, action-packed. It was that old Hollywood feel to it. You know, fucking train robberies and shit. It was awesome. Tell me the truth. Did you watch it because Tony Soprano likes it? 
No. Is that, one of, oh, is that one of the ones he likes? The old James Cagney show? Oh, damn. I no, I didn't even know. I think Cagney is going to be, you know, yeah. Here's that one episode. A lot of Cagney. Well, that one felt to me like less. He was just like, uh, I that guess, was a criminal. Enemy. But I always, yeah. like, James Cagney was like a, a mobster type. This wasn't that so much. He was just a criminal. Oh, yeah, listen here, Shay. Gotcha. Just yeah, you got nice butt cheeks, Shay. Criminal with mommy issues. Shay. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Shay. <laughs> um, and then with, like it's at all. With, <laughs> with kiddo, other than the other ones we talked about earlier, um, we've been I've been taking her back through all of them. So more recently, we watched Snow White, uh, Robin Hood. That's a fucking I couldn't re- I couldn't Great. tell you how much I remembered of it. I was like, oh my god, this is nuts. I know this song and I know that line and I know oh, this is gonna be funny. I'm like watching her face and she's. So that was fun. Um, a couple more here. Revisited Hannibal. Still pretty good. Really? Still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. as bad as Red Dragon was. But, you know, not no Silence of the Lambs, obviously. But it, was, it wasn't bad for a follow-up. Um, and then I caught uh, Closed for Storm. It's I think it's an Amazon doc about the closing of the amusement park, the Six Flags down in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans? New Orleans? And uh, it was good. It was like uh, low, really low budget kind of thing. There were some audio issues, like mm. music too loud. Couldn't uh, subtitles are always on for me because that's how I hear. Because I'm 40, I can hear better with subtitles on. I know. I always have the subtitles on too. That's my <laughs> Man, thing. I, I cannot fucking do it. No, I, 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 I have to have lately because I can't I have can't the shit it. on. Because people don't. That's the other thing. Driving Movies nuts. these days are not. They're not audio edited well you've got whispering i can't hear what the fuck they're saying and then the next scene it's a big fucking battlefield and everyone's screaming at the top of their lungs change the settings on your audio um you probably have it i find a lot of that too i've become accustomed to having them on where i really it doesn't matter what i watch i just want to make sure i don't miss a single word this is this is a problem for me this is a big problem for me because i i live in constant terror of the normalization of closed captions becoming like the thing where i'm gonna have to like go to the movie theaters and not pay a fucking drop of attention to the movie i'm watching just locked at the bottom of the screen reading because that's all i can do (laughs) it's one thing if it's a foreign film but like if it's a if it's a movie where i'm like they're speaking the language and like the I cannot focus on anything but the, what, I'm what about the people from Coda? I mean, what are they to do? I'm all for them. You know, I'm not saying there shouldn't be theaters that that well, have closed captions or that closed captions shouldn't be a thing. I'm just saying I don't want to be subjected to it. Universally, you're saying you'd like to have the option to not have them. Yes, correct. I, I, they really just they really take me out of the viewing experience personally. So don't put them on. But yeah, and I it, won't. It, <laughs> It was uh, okay. So close for storm. Okay, I'd say check it out, but know that it's pretty low rent, and um, you're not selling it very well. <laughs> well yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting story, but I don't know. I don't have I'm the still fucking. You're squinting still. You're like, I don't have the patience for shit anymore. So the fact that I sat <laughs> through it in one viewing was, you know, that, that's a testament so to its at least its entertainment value. Because I mean, it's an interesting story, and then they went into the buildings. I'm I'm totally into ruined porn or whatever. I think it's fun to go see dilapidated shit from the '90s. Oh, I thought you were like literal. Like I like watching ruined porn. Ruined. Oh, what does that mean? Say, I mean, <laughs> aren't, aren't all porn stars like, ruined right for the climax? Some, someone like someone you live blows in with like a. Yeah. <laughs> you go spelunking in Detroit. I mean, you live right next door to it. So. Uh, no. 
I mean, no, you said you like ruin porn. I mean, let, let's stop. I like watching. I like watching ruin porn. I don't go fuck people. I like porn. I don't go fuck people. I just watch it. Well, there's a big difference. So. <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference between going into you a building that could potentially kill me or just watching. Oh, is, is it that scary? Wow. I've never done it. These people are professionals. They love going and find that ruin porn out there. And people come. Remember that guy? He came from all the way from France and he got murdered in Detroit because he was looking for ruin porn. <laughs> remember that story? That I happened know. recently. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about it when I was in Philly. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's what you get. No, that's horrible. Why? That's what you that, get. Well, and, then, <laughs> and then you're asking, why don't you go do it? Well, well, <laughs> well I guess I realized the answer I, was always there. Not at all safe down there still. <laughs> it depends where you go. So Some fine neighborhoods in Detroit. I'm going to stick up for it. But there's also problems. And it's always like anything else in this great country of ours, good, bad, and the ugly. That's pro- yeah, it's little districts. And then beyond that, two blocks. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the citizens have been abandoned. You're, you're listening live to the Detroit Podcast. We're breaking down the geopolitical and socioeconomic crises that befall it's good here. Detroit. Yeah, I was going to say. That was perfect. Oh, my God. I just got done doing Is It Safe? I was telling him I had to leave to do this show, and he was getting so fired up about so many things about this movie we're about to do, American Beauty. He's like, oh, shit, I got a lot of things to say about that. I'm I wish sure I was he does. As he does. Uh, <laughs> Luke, with a lot of things to say? Yeah, it's unusual. I know. All right. Well, thank you. Is that it, Christian? Is that a... Yeah, that can be it. I'm not going to go <laughs> that through. That can be it. Okay. <laughs> well, we, you know, I don't want to bog the show down any more than I already have. That's fair. I respect I that. We appreciate you uh, anchoring down the show with the, your presence. With, oh. Uh, stepping in at the last oh. second and taking uh, Eric's anchoring, slot. Anchoring like... It. Oh, okay. well, okay. Yeah, like in a good yeah, you're way. Holding not, down, not, good not, way. Anchors do serve an purposes. They're um, they anchors actually are a good thing. <laughs> I've been an That's anchor right. out in public before. There's something you forgot about anchors. Hey, there's something home. you forgot about anchors. Okay, well there it is. Thanks, Christian. That's good stuff. This is Cinema Night Podcast. We're live on Uncensored with Christian. He's a special guest host with yours truly, Travis Roy. Eric, hope you're doing well in Florida. Hi, we love you. And we did not. And- what? No, we didn't. Uh, thrown when I said that I love him. You're like, uh, no, I, I was. We, we you, ca- you love him. Don't speak for we, me. It's me, me. We both wave simultaneously. It's surprising. We did not script that. This is an unscripted show. We don't have any emails, but you're welcome to send them. Cinnamonipod at protonmail.com. In fact, the last email was from you, Christian, yourself. So thank hey, you for thanks, that. Bud. Yeah, you're a regular Sorry, participant Eric, in the show. I rib Eric only because I love him. Oh, it's hilarious. Come on. We all left. Not not because I'm, you know, I have misophonia or (laughs) that there's 165 other hours in a week you can eat and drink. But, you know, it's (laughs) good points. And also, he has misophonia. So, you would. Yes, I know. That's why I brought it up. Because I heard him say it. And I'm like, but you're fucking like slashing mac and cheese back and forth. The fuck are you doing, dude? (laughs) Hey. He's not, uh, you, I mean, have you yeah. ever heard someone <laughs> slurp their cereal? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, that's that's probably what happened with Jeffrey Dahmer, and he equated food and killing people. <laughs> <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I grew, wow. up in a house, I grew up in a household with two women with misophonia, and uh, basically I learned to just eat in a different room and feel bad about whatever it was I was eating or doing. Just shame. Just shame. I yep. shame myself. You I are less it, than. it annoys me. Yeah. I assume it annoys others, and I I'm... will eat things like that completely separate if I can. Well, you're a good boy. Yeah. I'm a good boy. You are a good yes. boy. <laughs> That's why he's on the show. I'm All right, well, er- uh, Eric, you're going to miss out on this, but Christian has selected the 1999 film 
winner of the Best Academy Award, Best Picture Academy Award in 2000, American Beauty, starring Kevin Spacey, Ah! (laughs) Annette Bening, and Thora Birch. Uh, You got some uh, Scott, what's his face in there? That's fun. Um, Chris Cooper. Yeah. Wes Bentley. Little Mina Savari. You should probably mention What's that guy's name? Uh, Scott, what's his face? What's his name? Scott back uh, Scott ba- back oh Bacula yeah thank you okay and, uh, space I was trying to do it blind what's the that's dude not with cool. the guy from uh, Life is a House I can't think of it. his partner oh that guy yeah I don't know his real knife name at all it's Jim and Jim I know that so. I know that he's got one of those names that it's like someone else's name you know what I mean like he's he's got a famous name but it's not his name it's like hi I'm Andrew Jackson spelled J A C K S E N or something like that. I oh, okay. Well, either way, uh, it's a pleasure to have you aboard for our Does It Hold Up segment with special guest Christian. My job consists of basically masking my contempt for the assholes in charge and at least once a day retiring to the men's room so I can jerk off while I fantasize about a life that doesn't so closely resemble hell. Well, you obviously have no interest in saving yourself. Brad, for 14 years, I've been a whore for the advertising industry. The only way I could save myself now is if I start firebombing. Whatever. Management wants you gone by the end of the day. Well, just what sort of severance package is management prepared to offer me, considering the information I have about our editorial director buying pussy with company money, which I think would interest the IRS since it technically constitutes fraud. And I'm sure that some of our advertisers and rival publications might like to know about it as well, not to mention (laughs) Craig's wife. What do you want? One year's salary with benefits. It's not going to happen. Well, what do you say I throw in a little sexual harassment charge to boot? (laughs) Against who? Against you. Can you prove that you didn't offer to save my job if I let you blow me? American Beauty. Travis, American Beauty, 1999 it came out. Yeah. Directed by Sam Mendes, written by Alan Ball, who is of Six Feet Under fame. Did you see this movie in the theater? Take us back in time. You know, for once, I actually remember seeing this in theaters. And Sam Robards was the name I was thinking of. Uh, ah. I, guess I thought he was uh, getting yep. mixed up with uh, Jason Robards. Anyways, um, yeah, I actually for once remember seeing this movie in theaters. It was a it was a Kevin Spacey movie. So as we discussed when we watched Hurley Burley, I was on it. As was uh, the you know our friend group. We were all these spacey fans uh as 19 year olds so i remember rushing to theaters to see this one and i got there late um so i missed the opening introduction where like the completely extraneous scene where like the videotape of like thorbert's lying there and i also missed the opening uh narration where lester burns explains that this is like the last year of his life so i remember sitting down to watch a movie i got there basically right as he's beaten off is that when I watched oh. it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so I'm like, so I, I early enough, but but also like I didn't get like a couple kind of crucial plot points or at least one crucial plot point. And I remember like, you know, when he died, the, it died towards the end. I was like, so 
uh, surprised and taken aback, you know. And I still to this fucking day think that that's a better way to view the movie. I think that they should not have let us know that he was going to die. I mean, he does also say on the last day of the rest of your life, so there is a little foreshadowing there. But I think I was too dense to completely pick up pick up on that the first time. Well, after I mean, watching him jerk off twice in a film, you were a little distracted, of course. Where's the third scene of him jacking off? Where no. is it? Come on! Yeah, on. And now uh, he's going to die. He can't come to completion. Yeah. It's really sad. It's very embarrassing for him. Uh, Christian, do you remember seeing this movie in 1999? I don't I don't know that I saw it in 1999. I don't because I don't know that I saw it in the theater. And didn't it come out late? I looked at the release date once. It was like later 99. Oh, so yeah, it's a massive uh, award, award season movie. October. So, so October 99. <laughs> I probably rented it like pretty much as it came out. I probably rented it from Travis or maybe friend of the show, Jimmy. Um, and yeah, maybe watched it in Jimmy's basement or with my girlfriend at the time. Don't, don't remember, but I did see it then. And as soon as it was off that wall, like Hollywood video bought 19 walls of it. And then they were like, <laughs> we only need like three shelves now. Do you want this for four bucks? I'm like, hell fucking yeah. I had a VHS copy of that bastard. Oh, and I wore that copy. thing out, dude. Loved it. Yeah, I definitely did not see this in the theater, and I didn't come to it till it came out on DVD. But once I saw it on DVD and I heard people talking about it, I heard the buzz. And I was, I remember watching it. I feel like I watched it in Okemos when I lived in that apartment then with Brandon and Liberty. Mm -hmm. And it just became nonstop uh, quotations of that movie. And unfortunately, frankly, uh, things I wouldn't quote today, but I did quote and re say a lot of things in this movie at a certain age in time because it's called maturity and you learn about life and you realize, hey, maybe I shouldn't do that. Nobody's born to hate, but we realize the actions we create, not that I'm a hater. You understand, hey, I'm growing and I'm learning that I don't want to inflict harm on people. And that's what I learned in my life. So uh, at this time, though, it was just nonstop. The Chris Cooper character I was really into, like probably too much for some reason. Not what anyways, uh, no, <laughs> no, it's not. No, I just love quoting. I just thought it would be so quotable. He, he was so hateful. I loved this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so I think I'm sending the wrong message here. So many hateful uh, messages I was... <laughs> to repeat. <laughs> oh look, us here, guys. Here's our pal. Hey, Eric Branchum's here. Beautiful St. George. Hey, fuck you. Greetings buddy. from beautiful St. George in. Island, Florida. Taking a break from the pool to say that this movie is trash pretentious sitcom hijinks uh, masquerading as highbrow art i guess that is his review thanks not bud. surprised thanks. not surprised to hear that from him at all no, that sounds just like him in fact i know that was written by him because nobody else could write that um those, those words were labored film, over that was, that was labored over work. oh they were Real you know quick. there was back you wrote him on a flight flight uh, down <laughs> Real hours. quick before we get into uh where you were taking this mike i also you, you talked about the dvd when I think of just DVDs, period, I think this is one of the most iconic like DVD cases and just like DVDs that like every fucking house had. Like, I mean, that mm -hmm. fucking stomach that wasn't even that Nina Savari's stomach. And the when road. DVDs showed up, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah was, I like, agree. These were hot That's new weird. things, and like, and, and it was a big new movie, so it was one that just everybody had. It seemed like, and I uh, had to break mine did. out to watch it because it's only streaming on like showtime and I yeah i did the, i did the trial oh, oh <laughs> i don't know this i don't know what this says about me i wanted to mention this i'm glad you brought that up so on amazon i do have an amazon account i'm not proud of it whatsoever and i try not to buy anything if i could avoid Judging it you. oh please i'm, I'm please. kidding i have an amazon we, use, account. we have used judge crime, me crime but when i was a teacher back in the day <laughs> when i was a teacher back in the day i used to 
buy certain things because I knew that we were going digital forever in like 2013. So if you bought something on Amazon, you could have the movie forever or a TV show. Uh, historical things I want to share with my students because I was teaching history. Anyways, I only have like 10 movies in my Amazon ownership yeah. uh, watch area, whatever, the library. Right. <laughs> That's movies what they're called. you bought. Yeah. And this is one of them. And I didn't realize. I was like, okay, I got to go watch this. Where am I going to find I'm like, oh, my God, I own this. Yay. <laughs> I should have shared that with one of you guys if you had. Uh, you had your own DVD copy, but Travis, I could have. That showed uh, Okay. But I it's, I don't know what that says. And that was in 2013. So I did buy it. I don't know. We'll in find out. Oh, At any rate, well, uh, I did not bro. look up the. Yeah, it is true. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm God trying to think of the last time I watched it, man. I don't, I don't think I've watched it since. It was probably in a game of selection when we lived together, probably. Yeah, it's seriously probably been... I mean, it's 2022 now. I would guess... It is. 2005 or something yeah. was the last time I watched I was, it or so. I kept there. trying to think, like, when is the last time? Probably around then. Yeah. But I I, since it was in that library, if I was hard up to watch nothing else, I'm sure I watched it within the last six years, probably. So. Yeah. Uh, I did not look up the score on IMDb. I don't know what it is, but it was either. the Best Picture winner, and as you said, it was ubiquitously everywhere yeah. on DVD shelves. But, as Eric uh, kind of already noted, uh, there have been a lot of people that once loved it have, that have turned around to poo-poo all over it. So I feel like some people have revised their IMD sco IMDb scores. So I'm going to guess 7.2. That's, Ooh, that's too low. No that's way. That's high, but you it's, think I, not, it's not as high as you might think. Yeah, I'm going to guess 7.2. Oh, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go way higher. I, I think right. this is border. I think it's 8 1. I, I think I'm not saying it's cool or not, but I think this okay. is what it is. What do you, I, Christian, I, do you know? I looked. I do know, but I, I made my choice before Tell us. I looked. So oh, okay, I was going to okay, say, okay. I think it was, I thought it was like an 8.2 because I know the game, but I, I still had to like research some stuff mm -hmm. on IMDb. Um, I said 8.2. It is an 8.4. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, holy yeah. shit balls. 8.4. I think seven, that's eight. the highest ranked movie that we've done, I think. It's certainly right there. I mean, Iron Giant was an 8.1, right? Yeah. That's yeah. back to back eights. So, yeah, that's high. Uh, Derek Fern said 7.8. Good try, Derek. Thanks for playing. <laughs> uh, well, wait, 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 wait. No, I got it. I got it. I got a good sounder for that, don't I? Yeah. There you go. Sorry. We still love you, Eric. Derek, do not take this personally. We love you. Uh, let's go over to Rotten Tomatoes then. I assume Rotten Tomatoes is going to be really good with it. Well, maybe there's going to be a bigger disparity here. That's always fun, right? Because you never know what an IMDb score truly represents, right? Is it the people? Is it yeah. just everybody in the world? It's 1.1 yeah, I mean, million of them. But yeah, 1. it's just some schlub. Have you read some of the reviews that they put out? Some like, schlub. The first three, they're so fucking bad, dude. On IMDb, you mean? Or? Yeah, just any of those reviews that like... I love know, to go through it. Chuggo X I do too. L like wrote... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I especially you know, love to take... Trying to sound like, smart, run on yeah. sentences everywhere. It's like, Jesus. I especially love to take movies that are truly great and read the one-star reviews. I don't know why I subject myself <laughs> yes, to Yes, I agree. I those are always the time. You can just, I just to we should, yeah, I just want to see how fucking stupid are people, and it turns out very. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we should uh, we should I've start spotlighting an IMDb user review. Actually, that's a lot of fun. I, I never considered doing that, but I do read them as well. I'll, uh, I'll Derek says I don't. Spots. So I'll read spots and send them in. That would be a nice little okay. Insert. Yes. Uh, on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes, eighty-seven percent from the critics, ninety-three from the 
crowd. So that's wow. a six percent disparity, wow. but the crowd loves it. This movie spoke to America and the world, apparently. I guess. I mean, the numbers ninety three. But yeah, when? That's see, that's what I want to know. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. In, oh, <laughs> so it is all ninety nine. Uh, let's go with Ann Hornaday. I actually love Ann Hornaday. She writes at the Baltimore Sun. I actually know who she is. Uh, doesn't make me cool. I just know that. Uh, a tightly. Hey, <laughs> she doesn't know who I am. That's for damn sure. Well, that's a creepy. tightly coiled. It is. It, she's on podcasts. She puts herself out there, but she doesn't give a fuck who I am. Uh, and I would love if you came on our show. If you ever somebody ever gets this to Ann Hornaday, she comes on our show. That would be like my Destin Thompson in a way, but no one will ever top, of course, Destin Thompson. That's open Tight invitation the, to Ann and Destin. Let's just leave it at that. Hey, let's do it. Yeah, let's have them both come on and review a movie. It'd be great. A Listen. tightly coiled rage seethes. Seethes is tough to get out. Seethes beneath seethes. <laughs> what is the word? Seethes. Seethes. Beneath the pretty surface of American beauty, a wickedly funny black comedy directed by newcomer Sam Mendes. Newcomer. Yeah. This must be from the actual time period then. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Was he new? I mean, he uh, did English Patient before this, didn't he? Wasn't that no. him? Oh, this well, was 96 or 7. That was Ming Hale. 96. Oh, okay. No, yeah. His film debut. He was, he was uh, right. wasn't he known for stage? Yeah, this, you're right. Direction. You're right. This was, man, this, this was, is, uh, this what was a, way a to, big, big yeah, thing. Way to get on the scene, man. Yeah. I think that was part of the allure at the time, yeah, possibly. You're right. right? You're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, okay, let's head on over to oh, Rex Reed. We never do Rex Reed. Why not? <laughs> Kevin Spacey gives the performance of his life. Thanks, Rex. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would disagree maybe. with that. I mean, he won the Academy Award for Best Actor. I mean, it's true. Yeah, was this, I mean, he was definitely giving it his all after that one. What, what, what the ref? We're talking the ref? No. You want to talk about the ref? Let's Where was see, he like an alien. Uh, K-Pax? No, yeah. this is before K-Pax. Is that 01? <laughs> yeah, this was like um, right pay before it forward. Yeah, this is right before Pay It Forward, too, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, let's take any old trash that comes my way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got, yeah. I got he, boys he's got to <laughs> We got to get out there. Like, oh, yeah, man. I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Real was, stinkers was, out there. Okay. That one was okay. That's a lot of real stinkers. Talk about it anymore. Yeah, it was a uh, run of stinkers. <laughs> a run of Peter Travers, a Rolling Stone, says the kind of artful defiance that Hollywood is usually too timid to deliver. A jolting comedy that makes you laugh till it hurts. Is Hollywood afraid of movies like this, or were they? Just that? No, is it that funny though? I don't know. I thought it was more dramatic. It is. It was. Comedy. I mean, it was funny once upon a time. It was really funny. It was. It was laugh out loud hilarious once upon a time. I will say that. It is. I laugh once out loud time. every time that girl, um, what is it? Playground girl number two <laughs> or whatever. She's like, oh, Chrissy Turlington. Like you're a goddamn. Oh. <laughs> you are a total prostitute. Like that's the best delivered line possibly ever. I looked the her up. She's done. She did nothing after that. I'm the so she's literally one of the best parts of the movie. And yes. the best thing is not even the line, which goes to Alan Ball. The best thing is that look. Yes, that she gives at the end, which is that fucking with my face look. <laughs> awesome. She should have done more. Very she very underrated. It looked like movie. she was a child TV actor. And uh, probably was just soured on the whole experience, I imagine. I hope and she's probably doing a lot better than she would be doing had she continued in film. So best to Aww. you, wherever you are. Uh, 
I got well, great Kevin's, news, man. We got uh, Destin Thompson here. This goes out into public. <laughs> we haven't had a Destin <laughs> review in a minute. Woo! Yeah. Destin oh, Thompson! Yeah. Oh, shit! It's been a long minute. I'm here Let's for hear it. What the man has to say. Uh, well, pace yourselves. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hilarious, painful, and brutally frank. Concise as always, Destin. <laughs> Hilarious, painful, and brutally frank. Uh, there's definitely a lot of truth in that. That's five true words. <laughs> Those are five Those are words five that are real. Yeah, that, they all exist. Uh, I'm looking for a negative here. I mean, I'm telling you, it's hard to find a splat. These are all red. It's just an endless. There's a ton of. Oh, here we go. Hey, finally. Okay. Let's go with Wesley Morris, who I also enjoy. When, of the it, when is it what? from? Is it a new? It's from back in the day. This is from okay. the time it came out. Okay. So right. the, the film struggles with its mood swings and is marred by its own tonal and thematic inconsistencies. E. Albert Bansom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's mood swings. It has mood swings. Is that a bad thing? I, I don't mean, know. Does uh, it have mood swings? I mean, it's a black oh. comedy. So it has mood swings. I mean, the pu- the characters have mood swings for sure. I guess. Yeah, I but I mean, like, I don't feel like the I don't feel like the film is erratic though. I mean, I feel like there's highs and lows as there would be in any dramedy. If the mood is sultry, there's a lot of swinging into like dreamlike dreamlike state of you know. There is that's all true. the roses. I mean that, yep. that Thomas Newman is banging on the percussion yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> Did a flood of memories from like 2000 come back as soon as you started oh, hearing that that soundtrack what? come on? Yes, I, the I DVD menu that. screen came on. I was like, oh, I had forgotten yeah. just how iconic this score is. I'm like, fuck, yes, this is in your brain. It's not going yes. anywhere. It's like weird yes. discordant sounds of like I don't know guitar string being tuned or something. Like What's a or something. the rim of a steel drum? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> could be like uh, <laughs> you could put that in a horror film and it would work yeah a little bit. uh i want to give you one more here this is a splat from stanley kaufman of the new republic it never justifies the blatancy of its opening travis and it no. never does anything to freshen what is only one more journey through familiar 40-ish unfulfillment so i, mean, I don't think it. That, yeah i don't think he's necessarily wrong and for one again i'm gonna I hate that opening. Like it's, it, they, they, revisit I agree. It. they revisit it later. It serves no purpose to put it in there. You agree? Let's talk about that. Cause I think I agree. I'm like, why, why take that out? Like you could create, you don't want it to be a suspense. It's like, what is the purpose of it being in there at the beginning? The opening clip with the daughter saying, will you kill to like make everybody a suspect because yes. you got Annette Benning's yeah. character the buying stretch. a gun and going shooting right. with the king of real estate. But, and then you've also up, got the Nazi who's got guns and shit at his house. But so. they end up being suspects anyways when the, the same way everyone else is more or less. So I don't understand, but I do know that the original version of the script had a whole book ending thing where Thora Birch and Wes Bentley's characters are being interviewed in a police station. There was like, uh, it's, they're being interrogated and they're like using the videos against them. They're trying to explain it and they're, and they're the ones telling the story. And then I believe it was Mendez that came in and went, eh, we're not going to do that. We're going to have Lester Burnham do the narration instead. I, I believe that's how it went, which is a good call. If I'm right. I've heard that. And yes. So wait, because I think you have the two different, you have the opening scene with Thor Birch and Wes Bentley, and then you have the introduction 
introducting introduction of the monologue with Which Kevin Spacey. Is, that's fine. I mean, I mean, I I still kind of feel like it would be cool if they didn't let us know that he was going to die. But once they get into his narration and the rest of the movie, like post the first credit, I'm fine with it. It's just that initial opening of the footage of Thor Birch and Wes Bentley. And again, like we see the exact same scene later on in the movie. So I, I never understood the fun yes. of putting this in the, in the, this point in the film. It just, I think it, I think it's like, who, why are you starting your movie with grainy fucking video footage? <laughs> You've got Conrad L hall here. Celebrate. Best cinematographer of all I have, time. Trying to wow. be that, uh, kind of that what Eric was getting at with his comment. It's just that too artsy kind of attempt at you know pulp fictioning it up a little bit. I'm gonna show you like an hour and thirty three in. I'm gonna show you oh oh one. Check this out. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Then, it's a product of its find, time. Find your way there, mm-hmm. and it, it's misleading. It's supposed to mislead you throughout the film, like so you're. You're constantly like trying to solve the mystery that maybe isn't even there. I don't know. I don't know. You're gonna have to watch it three times to figure it out. But I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I've seen this movie so many fucking times, and it, and what I'm about to tell you is embarrassing that it wasn't really that clear to me before because it's painfully obvious in the film. But as I was watching the movie last night, I'm like, oh, we're supposed to think that Carolyn's gonna shoot him too. <laughs> like I just completely somehow like what you didn't get it? it's a it's plain is it's super obvious but somehow like i just never <laughs> bought that she was ever going to really do it right. and i got that she was upset and like i got like everything but like when she's like walking up the house like she's clearly planning to shoot him and then she puts the gun in the hamper and hugs his clothes and it's like so obvious but fucking stupid ass me i don't know it just completely <laughs> went by me and I was fine for it um, in the same way that I was fine with never uh. really suspecting Thor Birch or Wes Bentley's characters either, either. Cause even when they talked, even when they, t- I mean, I, going back to trying to remember when I first watched this movie, even when they talk about killing him and they immediately, like after they've hit stop, they're like, we're not really going to do this. We're just joking. He's like, yeah, I know we're just joking. I'm like, yeah, clearly you're joking. I didn't believe that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, Josh Blair says that uh, I'm really tired of this Lawrence Welk shit. <laughs> oh, have you ever? Sorry. Did you guys have dinner music ever? Like, did you ever go? I know we didn't because my houses were fucked. But and Travis, like, probably <laughs> yours too. But uh, did you ever go to people's houses when you were growing up where they had dinner music? Not even Lawrence Welk, just dinner music. Period. I think we had a time where they tried that to kind of bring the family together. They tried but that. Well, and you don't want to listen to them necessarily. Maybe my whole family had misophonia, and they're just like, they need something to drown out the fucking chewing sounds. <laughs> wow, it's back. There it is. Back. Misophonia it is. returns. Uh, you actually that. just reminded me of Thor Birch's character because she gets so annoyed when they take an interest in her when they first show up to that dance routine. By the way, dance routine choreographed by Paula Abdul for that basketball oh, wow. halftime dance routine. Yeah. A little fun fact. Pointless fun fact. But, uh, you know, but yeah, she's like... They take an interest in me. It's so goddamn annoying. It's so teenager. That's great teenage writing. It really is. It is. It's good. But uh, watching this movie, one of the things that really stuck out to me as someone who's turning 42 this year is that Lester Burnham is 42. He was actually, uh, Kevin Spacey was 40 when he filmed this, and that Benny was 41. But these people are about our age, just about. And as I'm watching the movie, like the first part of the movie, I'm like once again reminded that be it, a generate like a, a a temporal thing where I'm at in 2022 or be it like my failures as a 
citizen of America. I don't know, but like, I don't feel like an adult. I look at these people on TV, like going through these motions with like their nice plate with asparagus on it and like their 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 Lawrence Welk music and all this stuff. I'm, I just cannot relate. And then, then as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, well, they're 41 in 1999. That's different. It's totally different. different. Like it's, I mean, like it, it is older. It's old. It is. They don't have Funko Pops around their house. <laughs> they wouldn't. No. But you go to a 41-year-old's house now, you might find one. Or hey, we know two. our friend of the show, Aaron Worley. He's very married with three children, and his house looks like a goddamn Game Boys R Us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I, Love think, it. Yeah. I think more than that, I think it's just like home ownership, even. Yeah. yeah you know, because fuck it's ridiculous to own a house nowadays for a lot of people. And like in the last 23 years, hasn't made it any easier. Mm-hmm. So point. It, this is a totally different era, dude. This is like pre Y2K. And this is like, yeah. we're, we're three is. months away. This was released. We're three months away from, Hey, world's possibly going to end. We've just seen fight club come out with that. Still that sort of like breaking out of that mold of, office office yeah. space came out the year before that yeah you know? office space came out the same year as this movie and they have oh, okay. similar yeah. scenes that's what i thought of actually when the scene with his boss where he makes him mm-hmm. prove to him why his job is so important yeah. with brad hey for you brad i got five i always quoted that too um but the best part i love I, I laughed okay i laughed when brad reads back what oh lester God, yeah. wrote out <laughs> my, that is so my job basically <laughs> About mask masking my contempt for the assholes in charge. <laughs> well, That's I, universal. That's well, universal, man. He's inspired by a teenager who still lives at home and quit his job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Money selling drugs. What a fucking loser Lester Burnham is. He's like, wow, you're my personal hero. You just quit your job. You yeah. fucking, he's, he's a kid. He can do what fuck he wants. But he, he does say that in the dialogue. Well, you're all of 18, so. Yeah. But Burnham's an idiot. The better movie would have been Let Lester Live give me a year from now when you're sitting in front of this, you know, another Brad and HR trying to fucking explain away the gap in your resume, you know, because 60 grand and some bennies ain't going to go that far, especially yeah. when you just bought a 70 fucking Firebird, you dumbass. It's convenient for the plot. It's convenient for the plot. Yeah, yeah I exactly. would say that. Yeah. Hey, I got a year to do what I want. I'm going to die anyways, but movie, I don't know that, right? This movie has a ton of that moves the plot along shit. Uh, now that I watched it, I'd, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's some of those scenes I I, I can look back fondly on and some mm-hmm. scenes I'm like, come on, fuck's sake. Like yeah, Ricky, I, Ricky got sent to military school. I, I hate to jump around a little bit, but just as a quick example, like he gets sent to military military school for smoking pot and he's like smoking pot in his room. Like, who fucking decided that's a good idea? You know how fucking bad pot smells up a room? Well, oh, yeah. Never joint. underestimate the power of denial. He does say that. That's yeah. true. And his oh, let's talk about that house, okay? Because we haven't really talked about that house. So they move in, mm-hmm. and you got Allison, Janney, and Chris uh, Cooper as the parents. Back in. He, they've they've been there before because Angela knows that kid. So where where did they go? And why well, did they, they move oh, back yeah. to the they same school, school district? district. Yeah. yeah, they were in the school district when they right. So they okay. moved to the same yeah, they were in the school district. district. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were I mean, army. I, mean, I don't know. Fucking. I don't. It's true. He's an army guy. I don't know. Retired. What? What? What do you think of that scene where they're sitting there watching Ronald Reagan and laughing, <laughs> and then <laughs> Ricky comes home, 
and nobody can laugh anymore because you got to put on this face. I thought that was a bit over the top, but it is fucking funny. I mean, it, 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 and then you have Alice and Janney being like, what? And oh. like, no one said anything. Alice and Janney, this is... Now, she had been doing stuff before this. I mean, she had done The Imposters, which I'm a big fan of. And she she definitely had been acting for some time before this. But this really, really helped put her on the map in terms of um, getting regular work. And she is incredible in this. And she does so much and communicates so much, which is well written because um, she doesn't have a lot of words. But like when she's just standing there holding that plate at the end and you could see the comprehension on her face and like everything that's going on. And you're like, oh, my God, this woman is so overly medicated because she's so fucking miserable because her husband is so gay and so <laughs> won't admit it to himself because he hates it. So Nazi loving. Yeah, it's so tragic. Yeah, that's a very tragic house. Yeah, yeah she is. has not been fucked in a long, long time. And she's probably <laughs> been hit a lot, I imagine. So basically, yeah, they had a kid. I don't know how they pulled that off. Yeah, they yeah, both well, back in the day, but like over time, you're just like, I, I don't know. Yeah, when he beats up, when when Fitz beats up Ricky, and Ricky is like pretty unsurprised. <laughs> you you are like you're it's like okay, this that's happening. happening. That guy's yeah. that guy's one small business loan away from being the fucking pawn shop owner from falling down or Pulp Fiction <laughs> or something. <laughs> He'll fuck a dude. He'll <laughs> hate a Jew. He, you know. <laughs> yeah he clearly will uh, he, he's a he's trouble. trouble what he's doing in that neighborhood on a fucking marine salary i know some marines on robin hood trail you yeah know, well, i don't you know, know why paid shit and what what does she do she sits around all fucking looped up on whatever yeah well, he does give it you know okay he, was, he said i forget what his exact um station was that he'd retired from but he wasn't a grunt. I mean, he was pretty high up. Retired colonel. Yeah. A colonel. Yeah, colonel. Yeah, yeah, maybe he yeah, makes colonel's enough. up there, dude. Okay. Yeah. So he so they, clearly they, he lived he that life. Seventy yeah. a year. That life was everything to him. It's you could it's you could see it in every yeah word he says. He did every action. He wanted to right. He he was forced yeah. out. Yeah. It yeah. It's all he ever exactly all he. Yeah. Ever. yeah. It was his whole identity, right? So yeah. Um, wow. We seem to have lost Mike. Yeah, Mike. Where'd you go? Sometimes this is happening. Am I not here? No, there oh, you, there you're, you are. you're back. Welcome back. Why would what? I have a bad? When do I get a bad connection? That doesn't happen. What the hell? What happened? Those roses got cool. pixely. That's a <laughs> lot more not, roses. <laughs> that is not cool. Uh, but Chris Cooper did give us two of the best lines in this movie, or at least he's part of two of the best lines. You know, Don't placate me like I'm your mother, boy. That's legendary. Well, that will yeah. always hold up to me. And... <laughs> Don't give up on me, Dad. Thank you for teaching me. Don't let beat me some more, Dad. Don't give up on me. That's what I got from that. So you know, and the, my favorite part about the "Don't placate me like I'm your mother, boy" is that you see Bentley or you see Ricky like hear that and be like, "Oh, okay, I'll placate you like you're my father." And so he does. He says exactly. <laughs> yeah, he does. I noticed he placates that. him, and and Fitz is like, "Huh, yeah." Right? <laughs> <laughs> has there idiot. ever been a father who's more ignorant than their child i mean this is up there for sure right well ricky yeah. was he was i mean he was our age about yeah. ish yeah when the, i mean he's he's what we are he he's the generation that raised the generation now that's like you can't fucking say that you know because that, he, he's, when he he's says us. that's the point dad you know there's he's nothing you to be ashamed. he's right. He's you and Derek. We're me and Travis are uh, excluded because we don't have children, but we would be them as well if we had children. Uh, I want to bring up, I wanted to move on from it, but 
do we even bring up the plastic bag thing and, and all the handy cam footage from this? Um, is it necessary? Well, I'll, I'll it's not even this, necessary. Does it add something? I'll say this much for it. I don't know that we need the bath, the, the bag scene in the film, but this really did happen to Alan Ball. And he, he, he wrote like he was inspired by it. He did see beauty in a, a plastic bag. I watched that footage. And I just want to reach through the screen and grab that bag and throw it out. Throw it out. <laughs> like, oh, get it out of the environment. Like, get it. Right. Like, get it out of there. Um, put it, no, put it in a different spot in the environment. But I, I think actually personally, since you asked, that this is a really well acted moment from Wes Bentley. I think that he's great in this scene. I think the dialogue is really good. And if we, wow. if you if you're thinking, hey, this is super emo and kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of uh, overly dramatic and pretentious and overwrought, yeah, he's an 18 year old kid. He's just he can, he thinks that he's an artist, and he thinks that he sees beauty in death because he, but he hasn't experienced death at all. He saw a homeless woman's corpse once, and that was it. So like he romanticizes death because he's a fucking kid. What so they like, do. everybody wants to complain about like what's going on in that scene. It's like, well, yeah, he's a, he's like a, he's finding beauty in something mundane, but doesn't mean that we have to. I don't and know, he, man. He's, he's smoking twenty five hundred dollar an ounce weed. <laughs> Two thousand dollars. And by today's standards, with inflation, it's fucking it's beyond absurd. But he's just robbing. He's just robbing Lester. Yeah, right? but yeah, I mean, he's what I'm saying is he's smoking some good weed, just sitting yeah. in the parking lot, like, whoa, I've had that moment. But then uh, like, I guarantee you, you all out, the weed today blows that weed out of the water. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But he's still, you know, it doesn't matter because I got I had that moment in '99 when I was staring at some fucking leaf just the right way and that it hits you like, well, we are all part of this fucking hole. You know, and, and honestly, I hope that we all feel that today from time to time. I mean, if you sure. can find beauty in I'm mundanity, then well, not with or without the reefers, but if you can find <laughs> beauty in mundanity, it doesn't matter if anybody else can see it too, because it's for you. Oh, it, it is, is for you. That's true. Uh, let's go over to back to the other household. Cause you got Janie, who's the girlfriend of Ricky Fitz reanimator buddy. Um, she, I wanted to bring this up. I, I thought it was. I didn't know she was seventeen when she did this movie. And, yeah, and her um, dad watched her during the scene. Take her top off. Yeah, yeah when she shows. Dad had to be there. It's not her. No, that's that's digitally cut together. That is a body double really? from. What? You, you, you why have I heard? Body. Why have I you heard the dad her. was there? Where did I hear this? I am. I dude. I, sh- it would not have been legal to show her breasts at seventeen years old. As well, I they had to get approval from the parents. No, that's why dad I was. Think, there. I still don't think it's legal. As I understood it, it was a digital composite. That's you can see, like the the window pane goes right through her neck. And the, below the the neck is a body double, and then no it's just her head. Shit. That's well, what I. Well, that's what I remember from the. I think the DVDs. Um, oh, the commentary. Uh, yeah, the commentary. Well, well the reason I bring this up no though shit. is, so, so what's her problem with her breast though? There's like, her character. I didn't really. She wants to get an augmentation. She wants They're to go lopsided. bigger. They looked lopsided. Like one was bigger than the other. She no. probably just wanted to bring one back. Oh. We're, supposed to, we're supposed to get a sense that because um, remember this is a year, and at the start of the film she's looking up breast augmentation and at the end of the film she has breasts i think that she developed her breasts over the year oh. so, she was, so she starts to save for she's just insecure initially and then right. it's like yeah. oh well, i don't have to worry about that now so correct and i got this boyfriend where i'm becoming who's the most confident motherfucker who's ever been confident at that age very yeah. impressive he's got 40k but, he's got weed hookups she's got her yeah. You're set for he life quits here. jobs where the <laughs> fuck he wants man he's just living large and he yeah. calls out so 
wait till you get to New York with him. And yeah. He's so sick what of you a, in three months and you're alone. So we're woefully, woefully, woefully short here on talking about Annette Bening's yes. effort and character. It's so, so good. She was way better to me. Kevin Spacey won a Academy Award, but she blows him out of the water with her manic mania up and down obsession and her inner turmoil about not mm-hmm. feeling good enough like when she cries after trying to oh. show that open house with, uh, i will sell this house today the mania 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 yeah i used you to know, say that all the time i uh, talk a lot about the uh love actually scene with emma thompson and her little freak out to the Joni mitchell song is uh one of my favorite acting moments but i think that this moment that you just talked about of annette benning leaning against the the window with the blinds and smacking herself across the face and calling herself a baby and all that and then slowly slowly pulling it together and walking it walking away i mean that's that's academy award worthy. i mean it's, a, it's an incredible performance it's not like it's just that one scene but it's indicative of the entire performance yeah. it's incredible and also real quickly while we're talking academy awards how the fuck is Haley joel osmond nominated that year but not chris cooper hello why they gave him the Academy Award the following year for adapt adaptation, I guess. They felt the bad. Like, oh, we should have. Yeah. I mean, because he, he what he's doing in this movie might be the best acting in the film. I think, right. I think, I think there's not much of it. So I think it's tied between him and Benning. Well, what do you think of Benning then, Christian? You're not you didn't think I it was no, maybe it, maybe I just didn't like I don't like her character this time around. I just felt she was a void. I, I don't know. Just the way they wrote her, like the first five minutes, if you watch, well, you watched it again, but I got this very, uh, the narrator also kind of describes her as this like materialistic, she's, I don't know, she's out for herself at this point, but it's obvious because Lester pushed her there, so she's Mm kind of starting over, so I don't know. That's why she gotta be fucked by her majesty. Yeah, I like that she blames him, or that that he calls her like materialistic. And money grubbing when he just spent how like all of his money on a car from 1970. That's right. Well, he rules. He can do what he wants. He's a man. Wasn't That's was he? He was the, the hero of this right film there. originally, right? Like back when we watched it, like, we're all cheering for Lester Burnham, right? Right. Well, but that's the way it's presented. I mean, he yeah. is. I mean, that, this is this is what I was just saying. Like, you're right, Mike. I think you hit a, a real point here. This movie is a little misogynistic i think or at least it's hugely misogynistic yeah uh, the perspective in particular because it's we're romanticizing the fuck out of lester's midlife crisis and we're dismissing an um carolyn's very real issues as money grubbing and empty and like bad but like she's able to kind of lash out without necessarily i mean okay so she cheats on her husband but Lester would cheat the moment he could with probably anyone. Doesn't have she to also, be a, a teenager. She, she also but refers to her child as unattractive from the start there. That's not great. But no. if that's the writing of that, that's not cool either. And I, But this is where it gets confusing, Travis and Christian, is the Kevin Spacey we know now, who everyone hates and is canceled, versus what was really happening in 1999 when this movie came out and how we all looked at it, right, as like, yeah, we're all rooting for him, and we all laughed, and we were, hey, he won over off his boss. He got a $60,000 severance and one year's benefits, and we all rooted for him when he fit, pumped his fist and walked out the door, right? And But I didn't, I didn't hate Carolyn then, or I didn't think like, oh, fuck her. I thought she was, back then even, 
-hmm. hilarious. She was one of the funniest parts of the entire movie. In fact, a lot of her lines were still quotable. Like when she loses her shit, that dinner scene, not the first one, the one after Lester quits his job. And she's like, oh, oh, oh. And I, 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 you know, she's like, yeah. it's, it's just so good the way she does. I want to thank you for making me the sole breadwinner. More yeah. pressure. It's that's or outstanding. And talking to the to, to Buddy Kane. Yeah. Like, I just want to pick your brain. So yeah. funny. Yeah. So, funny. so the performance is stellar. And yeah. it was stellar then. It's stellar today. But what they were trying to do or the way we as as viewers decided to take Lester Burnham as the guy we're rooting for versus yeah. how we see it now because Spacey is easily hateable and it's like, well, I wouldn't root for that guy now because you wouldn't say it out loud just technically in public. So it makes it complicated. I think it's a I weird dynamic now. It had nothing to do with it, but I hate just his character starts as this, like he's plotting along kind of this bumbling idiot, pathetic loser, self-proclaimed. James oh, he wants to bang his, like, uh, he wants to bang his daughter's years. friend too, by the way. We right, didn't mention that. Right. And then all like... of a sudden he's an asshole out of the fucking blue he meets this he meets his daughter's friend and is immediately like fuck you when he's on the couch um when he's talking to when they get in that big argument mm -hmm. big, that's part of the big misogynistic part is he's like what, what does he say like i supported you when you got your real estate license so that entitles a lot of people oh, he, she catches him beating off it's yeah like, yeah the second time what, why would you say that to your wife i mean love her or not maybe she pisses you off but like support her she's trying to like bring home a ton of money dude what, right. what is your fucking problem and like she catches him beaten off and he's immediately like yelling at her for like not doing anything it's like well dude maybe if you put the moves on your wife occasionally uh instead of screaming at her for catching you jacking off but uh, you make the point mike that she she's not perfect either i mean like when she catches like when she catches him smoking weed in the garage and like uh <laughs> and like the, rolls the thing up and he's like uh oh mom's mad i do love that moment because she clearly is like trying to play this role where she's not even that angry a better moment that represents this is when they're making out on the couch and he almost spills the beer mm -hmm. yep. and she says lester you're gonna spill that beer and then like, immediately you see it in her face that she regrets saying it she knows that she broke the mood she doesn't really care about the couch and then you see her fucking commit to the bit she's just like oh okay well this is i'm this is the role that i play i'm the angry woman wife blah 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 and they have they have like this these this weird dynamic that they've fallen into that uh screams don't get married Wellico chiming in with I've never seen Wellico on the show ever. Good to see <laughs> it's you, first time. I would comment on this, but I'm afraid Spacey will have me killed. Um, wow. Okay, okay. Well, you're safe here. It's a safe space. Epstein. I think he just commented on it. <laughs> he did. So. It's kind of redundant. Weird. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's fascinating. There's there's a lot of fascinating facets there about how the movie is viewed. That's why we're doing this. Obviously, does it yeah. hold up? But I just think the movie itself versus what's happening in reality with the human beings who are playing the characters it, i think it does create this confusion and it's something that you can't we can't clarify because it's never going to change kevin spacey is who he is and he's done what he's done and the character itself is always going to be tied to that reality it's just very bizarre yeah, it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to divide the two in your brain but i mean i i, I know i tried and christian it sounds like from what you said it sounds like you were certainly trying to i mean you're you're right mike that i mean we can't fully successfully do that i mean you're looking at this it's person. more difficult movies than music isn't it because like music you can hear audibly and not see the person you're, you're looking at the person and he's imbued with so much and then the context of the film or the content in the, in the film rather it is there's some problem more than one or two problematic things happening in the film that that some of it kind of uh parallels 
in, or inverts some of the things that's that's happened with him like when he's involuntarily kissed by another man it's like oh well that's interesting yeah. um <laughs> you know it's, there's stuff like that throughout the movie so it does make it hard it's not just that it's him it's it's the material in the film but that all being said i do think that when he um starts off the film and he's just so miserable and so weighed down by everything and then comes to life um yeah it's uh it's cringy to see what gets him there it's cringy to see what brings him out the look on thor birch's face when he's so shamelessly trying to flirt with her friend it says it all man she's like it's just like shock and what the fuck and like and that's how we're supposed to feel like we're, i don't think i think that part of the problem with the movie is now Mendez and Conrad Hall are amazing, but they make it look so beautiful that you're more on board with this character than I think that Ball intended. Well, the did you did you find out? I didn't know this. American Beauty is a type of rose. Yeah, of course. And I didn't, but I didn't know it was known for like a a rotted roots and inside. It was supposed oh, to be an, a symbolism and a uh, for the movie itself. It looks beautiful on the surface, but mm-hmm. If you go in deeper, it it's rotting. They, I didn't know that. Yeah, a look closer. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that. Know but I think about flowers. That's cool. I still got that from the film back then, but I wouldn't have equated it to roses. Well, I do like the use of the a lot roses. of roses in this movie. Um, I do like the I do like the roses in this because it's it's not just it's not just um, Mina Savari's character. It's not, it's not just Angela that uh, is is bringing roses. And the movie starts and. Uh, Carolyn is clipping roses. She's using her shears, her gardening shears, to clip and kill roses. Um, yeah, that's then, weird. And throughout the movie, roses are in his house. So he is like t- looking at the ceiling and looking at uh, Angela on the dance floor, and like everything he's doing is like he's getting roses from Angela because he's missing them in his life. But you look around his house, and there's roses absolutely everywhere. And then Carolyn, too. Real roses. Real roses, right. And Carolyn, too, everything that she's doing, like when she's getting fucked by the king of real estate, just rose red blanket, rose red lamps, rose red lamp shades, like everything around her is roses. They're both trying to, like, get this thing that they've actually already got. Hmm. Okay. That's Hmm. interesting. Um, We got some comments here. People are chiming in. Uh, Josh wanted to know, who says, do you like to party when they're trying to ask someone if they smoke weed? Uh, not I'm impossible. Not, I mean, no, you'd never walk up to a, have you ever walked up to a 40 year old and said, Hey, you like the party? Well, not a f- well, see, I had 40 year olds say that to me in that era. I never had no kids. Yeah. Kid it's code. But I'd have like 40 year olds come and be like, Hey, you want a party? And I'm like, Oh, you've got cocaine. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> see, that would make some sense to me. Uh, Jay says the movie was always taken for more than it was. It's half midlife crisis. Half pedo glorification. Uh oh. Um, I don't know yeah. about okay, that. Okay, that's fair. But it's definitely, definitely walks up. <laughs> Travis, there you line. go. Yeah, well, it goes <laughs> agreeing with me. Do you like to party means coke, not weed? Yes, it does. Yeah, that's why this movie sounds like it was written by 45 year olds as 18 year olds, 16 year olds. Well, this is another comment, though, supporting what Wellica said about the pedo glorification. Uh, yeah, our buddy. Well, it's of course, with- it's fucking awful. It's disgusting. Yeah. Cringy as fuck. Uh, dad, as a dad to a daughter, that part is really uncomfortable in 22, says our friend Derek. Yeah, I think that this movie makes people uncomfortable and probably 
when it came out in 1999, a bunch of parents and a bunch of people in their 40s watched this movie and went, oh, I feel appropriately uncomfortable. <laughs> On the other hand, us at 19 went, oh, Lester Burnham, man, he fucking <laughs> he quit his job really good. <laughs> Look, so it might, it might not all be in the movie. The, the fault might be in, you know, in us a little bit. Mm. Uh, go ahead. I, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. No, I was kind of agreeing, but I was uh, going to say, um, fuck, it was a good point, too. I'll come back yeah. to it. Welcome to podcasting. Damn it. Hey, welcome, everybody. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to. I wanted to share a couple of comments from the Twitter because I said we we're doing this today. And uh, these there's a lot of people who. I guess the rating kind of said it all already that are pro this movie. An absolute gem of a movie for sure by Drew Wheeler. Uh, B-Rad Brennan says, Kevin Spacey could be a shitty person and still be good in movies. Liking a performance is not liking the person. That's fair. And there's lots of other people uh, and then, who make the movie as we discussed when we did Hurley Burley. Not just him. Yeah, in fact, I put that in my post that it was, you know, pr there's lots of other people in production beyond Spacey. And we've talked about this many times. My, Mark Winokur says, my cousin is in it. Janine, the Mr. Smiley's counter girl. <laughs> you are kind of oh, on her turf. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I, I have to mention this because I know that girl. She's yeah. in Curb Enthusiasm episode. She's uh -huh. in Scary Movie. She's And it actually gave me this idea for the show, Travis, about who are these people who show up in movies for a while? Like they were trying to be a movie star or at least, but they got bit parts. Mm -hmm. There's... Throughout my life, there's several people. I started writing down a list of these people who were in movies for a few years and then they were gone. And she was one of them. It's so funny. It just all came together. So I wanted to mention that. Yeah, it is fun. Okay. Uh, oh, one more from Jay here. He's pissed. Does the pedo angle hit harder because of the spacey angle? He must have typed that right before we discussed that a little bit ago. Yeah, it's very strange. Okay. Uh, boy, so much that we've covered him. already, but the. But this okay, time around, I found the character so unlikable for some reason. That's why I was asking if he was the hero back then, because I always remembered loving Lester Burnham. Like, mm -hmm. yes. And now I'm just like, this guy's a fucking dick. He's a dick to his wife. <laughs> he's yeah. kind of an idiot. Well, he's a dick to his kid to a point, And like, he tries to like, like we, we get to see that one time where he's like, Jane, what happened between us? It's right. just like fucking sappy. <laughs> Knock it off. Well, but it also makes sense of him and trying, also, you know. oh, I fucking remember. Sorry, I'm clapping in everyone's ear, but I remember half of the faults on Jane. I'm sorry. Your dad goes that hard into a, one of your friends. You don't bring her over that night well, and that, have her spend the night. It's more on him than her, but I hear your point, I guess. Yes, but, you know, <laughs> she's uh, appalled. She could maybe like... And maybe we'll go to your place first. How about this, man? I mean, again, this to reinforce my point that it's always was plainly apparent that Lester was a scumbag when he goes to fuck his this this child, um, <laughs> this, this friend of his daughter's. He doesn't even pull her into a bedroom. He's in the middle of the living room on the fucking couch. With his where kid his upstairs. Wife could walk in with his kid upstairs. I mean, this guy gives zero fucks. Um, he's not a good person, and. That's part of the point is that it's not it's not so much. Well, let me back up. It's not so much. That he's not a good person or that he's a good person. He's a person that that's one of the things in the movie that I do think works well is that these characters even fits 
even Colonel Fitz, uh, to a degree, like you can sympathize with all of them. They're all struggling. They're all trying. Some of them are worse than others. Most of them are pretty bad. Um, but I, I don't think that any of them are like just bad or just good. Fitz is, Fitz is bad. Um, but he, he struggles all the same. Like you see, like, and that's, that's Cooper's performance more than Ball's writing in that, I think. But yeah, th this, this movie does do well in showing shades of people, I think. Okay. That's fair. Uh, 90s, we got a few more minutes. Go. We get, yeah. No, go ahead. A few Late, go ahead, please. Say no, your words. While we're talking about the homosexual aspect, which we yeah. haven't really even brought up, like we they go to. pretty hard right out of the gate in that kind of late 90s stereotype of, you know, Jim and Jim. Even when Lester introduces them, he puts the emphasis on emphasis on partner and not Jim because the joke could be used both ways. Jim and Jim, <laughs> they have the same name and they're dating. But he says, and his partner, Jim. You could just as easily say, and his partner, Jim. You know that that pause there is like, eh, okay, yeah. Back then we used to joke about you know the gay guys, and then oh, they're the fitness gurus, the go-to dudes. To find out, you know, how do I get buff? I just want to look good naked. <laughs> but they're so necessary. they're so necessary to the film, though. I mean, they they, they, they are they absolutely are. I don't think that they're just butts of jokes. Personally, they're a little underdeveloped. But I mean, like, how much were we supposed? But they're to not part of things. Yeah, right. Because um, I mean, they plant the seed in Fitz's head just by seeing Lester with them. He thinks, oh, he's gay. Um. And, you know, of course, Lester or Fitz also goes on to think, oh, this man is fucking my son. I should fuck this man, too, which is an interesting <laughs> take. You know, for the longest time, for the longest time, I thought he killed him because oh he, he was a pedophile, not because he was gay. Because I thought he was like, if he'd have kissed oh. him back, he thought, OK, oh. this dude's like into whatever. But he didn't want the older gentleman. He wanted the boy. That's what I always got. I was like, that's why he shot him. He probably was shooting a pedophile. Wow. Not because, like, but oh, I'm, but Cooper is battling some sort of closeted thing. I think. Oh, yeah, that look. But, uh, that look in Cooper's face when he like when when man. he looks up at him, he looks him in the eye and walks away. I he, think he knows right then he's going to kill him. It's like I have to kill. He's him. only vulnerable for that moment in the entire movie, so it's very blatant. I think. Well, that but, moment but is that a reasonable reaction. Up, when he's got his dukes up to, to to fight his son and kicks his son out, of that's crying. true. He's vulnerable. Okay, there. okay, that's true. But Maybe he's most stuff. vulnerable. I would say. I don't know. It's a stretch so, now that I'm watching it to think like this guy wouldn't kiss you back, so now you have to kill him. I well, guess. He has to, I think he has to kill him because it's kill him or kill himself. He has to kill him because, because he, he's he just, so afraid of coming out. Yeah. He's 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 it's so important and that no one knows that he just kicked his son out of his life in his house like an hour before. Look um, at that household. It says it all, man. Yeah. Oh, it's so empty. <laughs> it's, a, it's a museum. Yeah, so sad. And oh, all so his sorry, army buddies yeah. will find out. He can't I, have that. I'm sorry for the house being in such a state or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's such a uh, yeah, mom that's... thing to say. Like, oh my god, the house looks perfect. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Um, chiming in again. He killed him due to a mix of him thinking he fucked his son and the sense. Of, see, I don't think he cares if he thinks he's fucked his son because he wants to try and fuck him too. But okay, uh, and a sense of self hatred with his own sexuality. Yes, and the rejection from Spacey's character. Yes, he was disturbed. Yes, I don't know. All of yeah. it could have been avoided yeah. if Lester knew how a Windows worked 
and B, where the fucking, where your new neighbors are in proximity to your home. Simple. And what about the reaction? Their head up their ass, though, right? I mean, everyone. Oh so yeah, big yeah. Everybody does. Yeah, but are you? What? I mean, I know how. Like, I've never not drawn the shades. If I'm gonna stay, like, even just making a face in a window, I'm very conscious that there could be somebody watching my dumb ass. But to get naked and just do some curls, whatever. <laughs> it's your house. Do whatever the fuck you want in your garage. But you know, such a funny. Yeah, find a fucking curtain or a blanket, throw over. Yeah, come on. Where's the curtain? Where's the blanket? It's a garage for Christ's sakes. There should then be something be hanging filmed around there. by the weird neighbor boy, and then his the weird neighbor boy's dad won't want to fuck you and kill you, or yeah. and or kill you. Here's a, here's a fun yeah. thought. Sam, if, are you around? Uh, you want to do American sorry. Beauty too? Sorry. Go ahead. Um, if Lester had never come alive, if he'd never you know, had this crisis, if he just kept his job and, you know, did all that, he wouldn't be dead. He'd live. Like, oh. Yeah. yeah 100%. He would still be alive if he hadn't had this awakening, which the whole movie is about his awakening. Like, we're supposed to be celebrating him, like, waking up from life. He, he had been sedated, he says. And for the first well, time, it's... finally... He's like... His awakening, but it spurs a lot of awakenings. It's, you know... It's, mm -hmm. uh, That's true. You know, no, like youth. Everything Carolyn branches out. He wanted to fuck this girl. Yeah, that's, he wanted was the, younger, and then he wanted a car that he wanted back when he was younger. Yeah, right. drive-through worker. Like, same job that he had when he was younger. He, yeah, he, there's exactly. a lot of regression happening with him. Tons here. of regression. midlife crisis. Yeah, it's yeah, all midlife crisis, like yeah. textbook. So, but what there the is about. <laughs> it, is, it definitely is. I've it never heard is. of the kid fucking part of the midlife crisis. I, the car, yes. The kid, no. <laughs> Hey, hey! Chris thanks, Eric. Eric says, Christian, you are doing great. Thanks so much for guesting this week. Guesting. I guessed wrong. Uh, so happy I don't <laughs> hear any silverware clanging in this episode. I haven't heard any. Yeah, Changed my true. background to the Last Supper again, which I was going to for you, but <laughs> I, I decided that I'm in Griffith, Indiana, actually, Eric. If Griffith, Indiana, you're on the line. Uh, boy, we're real. Okay, we've talked about this for a while. Is there any quick final thoughts from no, anybody here before we close it out? Honestly, I don't have quick thoughts. I have I have so many more notes. I have so much more that I could say. I'll um, keep going, but it's up to you, Mike. Yeah, what, what you, where are you going? Vegas all of a sudden? Well, you know. We usually keep it an hour and a half anyways, so right. that's just what we do. That's what we do, but I'm a special guest, so. <laughs> well, we can't. I mean, we didn't give other special guests two hours, three hours. I can't do that. Oh, we have to treat everyone not, equally. Travis, not. give us some more thoughts, though. Come on. No, give us some I mean, notes. I, I mean, it, we, going, we, dude. I, I have a ton of notes. We haven't even touched on a lot of things, but I don't want to, like, overload. I'm somewhere in the middle between Eric's thoughts and Travis's thoughts, I think. It's hard. I'm still not even sure if it holds up, and I don't even know what I'm going to tell you. Well, we're, sometimes we're like that. We do better, run into that. Yeah, you better start organizing your thoughts because because we're getting there. No, I, I think I've just got about got everything um, down that I wanted to say more. Or less. Dan <laughs> chiming in, buddy. Dan chiming in. Funniest Tuesday night for as long as I can remember. Thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday night, Dan, and everybody else. Remember, hey, Dan. You can How watch you, it Dan? typically on Thursdays around 7 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube uh and a few other you know places if you don't want to listen later you can catch us live but yeah i think i've said most of what i want to say i do like that when he dies at the end lester that he has finally hit this 
place and it's maybe a tad hokey but you know it's an academy award-winning film what do you expect uh it's a he has hit this place where he is great he's doing okay if you had asked him a year prior how he was doing he wouldn't even been able to answer without bursting into tears or something probably so it's nice that like um he's able to get to this place and it literally costs him his life and i don't know exactly how to articulate that but i think it's i i like that i like that the way that's framed it's very tragic it's very you know it's, it's saying something about life i'm not sure what but i like it <laughs> all right he left his family in a real fucking mess if you ask me <laughs> quit my job bought this fucking huge payment of a car good luck selling that thing off and uh I well, got nothing luckily, for you. Maybe a life insurance policy. Luckily, his wife is in realtor and realty. She could sell that giant sell house, house with the red door. I also know something that I never fucking drywall before. job, real quick. <laughs> the house where somebody got murdered. Room. Yeah, just want to live there. Yeah, those are hard sell to sell. I, <laughs> I will sell I noticed, this house. I will sell this house. <laughs> something I noticed that I had not, hadn't really placed before was that whole scene where um where Annette Benning's freaking out at Thor Birch and she says, "We lived in a duplex. We didn't yeah. even own our own house." I'm like, oh. That's why you're in realty. That's why this all makes so much. That's why, you know, she came from poverty. It's really important to her that the poorer you are, the more important things are to you in my experience. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You have a more a desperation money. to have them. We, this has to happen in a drive and a motivation that is right. probably unusual to other people who took it for granted. So. Right. Which is, I, I think they did good in, in fleshing out her backstory without hitting us about the head with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the writing on this whether we agree with how characters are presented, like we talked about before, the writing is excellent. Alan Ball deserved everything he got. And obviously he was very talented because Six Feet Under was a great show. Oh, so good. And yeah, really good show. Is um, that the next one I have to get? I never got into that. Oh, dude, oh that yeah. Give it a, give it a whirl. In, eh? You should go straight in. Yeah, it's it's great. Just yeah. Down. I think you would. I'd be surprised if you something didn't. This is perfect timing then. Yeah. Six Feet is. Under is a great show. Let's it do is. it. I've been backing up. I mean, I just before Game of Thrones, it was The Sopranos for the umpteenth time. Of course, so I'm just always got a HBO in rotation. Well, Six Feet Under is one of their great shows ever. So you, if you got to include that, Oz, those are some of the best shows they ever made all time. So yeah. I never got into Oz, but I could definitely I speak either. for Six Feet Under. Oz is brutal, but it's really, really good. <laughs> it's the very wire. brutal yeah, though. The wire is great. Oh, the yeah, the wire's on that uh, tripod or well, now it's like five shows now tripod. <laughs> Uh, Christian, any, go ahead. Get your final thoughts here, man. Let's hear some of your quick final notes before we close the show out. I don't, I don't know that I'd be quick about it, so I'll just have you rewind the tape there and you listen to what I was saying. <laughs> okay. I don't have That's any fine. overall. I All just, right. I, I view it way differently these days. Um, maybe I don't know. Part of it's laughable. Some of what you were saying kind of reaffirms how I did feel about it originally, but. I don't know. I just, these, some of these characters, I just, maybe I've met them or something now. And I'm like, ugh, it's you. <laughs> Fucking like you. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, st I mean, yeah, let me collect, continue collecting my thoughts here because. All right. Well, lots then, of, uh, lots of processed, really. Hey, take your time. You're the guest here. Travis, we're going to go into Does It Hold Up or Not? Would you like to lead us off this week? Sure. Um, I uh, there's a Star sixty nine reference in this movie. If you want to talk about dating the film? <laughs> I, I yeah, there people is. have seen this movie and been like, "She wanted what? Star, mm -hmm. ooh, what? <laughs> Gotta Google that." <laughs> uh, 
Um, this movie is a time capsule, as I said at the start of this, and I and I appreciated that about it. Like it it takes me back to a very specific time and place, yet. I do think it feels fairly universal. It's about life. You know, I mean, this is very much upper middle class white people in 1999. I'm not sure that everyone could uh, find something to relate to here, but I, I think it. I think that at its most basic, there's a lot to relate to. And in, in the fact that this is about people struggling to improve their lives, even as they feel miserable and, and they look for beauty anywhere they can find it. They look for relief anywhere they can find it. Sometimes these are appro appropriate places, sometimes very much not. And I think that, you know, again, Conrad Al Hall is such a master. And this is some of his final work. And it just looks so gorgeous. And I wonder sometimes, or, or actually, I wonder for the first time watching this last night, if it's almost too gorgeous, if it's, if it would have done, if it would have served the story maybe better for it to have a raw, a more raw and kind of gritty feel to it, because it's so like beautiful and polished and stuff that I think that it can um, enchant those that aren't paying close enough attention, like, attention like I did um, and how I came to view Lester as the hero and how I didn't pick up on the fact that I shouldn't be so against Carolyn and, and all this stuff when I was a kid. Uh, that all being said, yeah, there are some problems with this movie. And, you know, I, I do think that he's kind of a sitcom dad in the beginning to echo Eric's point. Like there's, there is some stuff around here in this film that because it's presented so beautifully that we don't notice how tried and true of a trope it is. That all being said, when I turned this off last night, I said out loud, there's no question this holds up for me. There's no question. I, it, it, I, I, I had questioned it before starting it because it's been so long since I've seen it and people have started shitting on this movie with such regularity that I thought, well, it can't be as good as it used to be. And it, it probably isn't. And I, I went and looked at some of the other movies that came out in 1999, and I don't know that this stacks up against Talented Mr. Ripley or Magnolia or Green Mile, for instance, but I think it's a good movie. I think that there's I think there's good performances in here. I think there's amazing technical prowess from the filmmaking crew itself. This is this holds up. No doubt about it. That's a clear cut winner there from Travis. He took his time. Took some patience there, too. And it feels like you really, you know, you fleshed it out. So uh, that's cool. I, I'd like to hear that. Uh, Jason says, Christian is better than Alex Jones. Put him on full time. What a low bar. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you, sir. Christian, Christian, watching Christian on this show is better than drowning in liquid feces. Well, ago, I must say your wit and, uh, yeah, your chaotic I, wit is missed. Fucker Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Where you been all these years? We never get this type of shit from you. It's fresh. I like it. Uh, okay, Christian, I want you to get as much time as possible to make your final decision. So I'll go next. Uh, unless you want the second spot, it's your call. Mm, up to you, my man. It's your show. No, you're the guest, motherfucker. Come on. I know you keep saying that, but I don't know. I'm still. I'm on. Like I'm teetering on a fence here. Let I watch it so differently today, Lester is such a resentful jealous mm. asshole and it's like seemingly out of nowhere i really i i was mm -hmm. trying to find that like what is what is that point like just meeting a 17 year old chick turns him into this raging douchebag all of a sudden or it's just like it's pent up i don't know i kept trying to like 
get the character again. I don't know. <laughs> I, I still don't know. I don't think it holds up for me. It's it's oh! close. It's very close because it, like Travis said, it's a beautiful film. There are good performances in it. Thor Birch isn't that good. A lot mm. of the dialogue seems very like high school stage play to me in times. Ricky, for as big of an arc as his whole character's made in and out of exposition, he's kind of an emotionless and he talks about beauty, but he's so emotionless. But is is that a is he a product of his family? Guess so. I don't know. I, I don't think it holds for me. It, some stereotypes in there, a lot of tropes. I just couldn't get over it. And it's it's very surprising that I just said that because I watched the fuck out of this movie, dude. And I quote it to this day. There are quotes <laughs> from this movie that I will say. So, no. A surprising no. It's been bothering That doesn't mean me. it holds up, yeah. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, man. It doesn't hold whoa, up whoa, whoa, to somebody watching it now. And it does. I don't think it would hold up to somebody who's lived 20 years and went, I, I don't know. Hmm. You could, I don't know. You could recut this movie and, and maybe it would speak to me, but I saw a mountain out west and it's much better than a bag floating in the fucking wind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I got to agree with you there. Yeah, that's true. I think we've I all know. seen things that are better than bags. I mean... <laughs> Oh, is that, that, all, that, all, it, it, that scene hinged the, on the entire film, hinged on that scene at one mm. point. So, yeah, you're right. And it's not about floating bag. Lester didn't find beauty in any fucking thing. He just dumbed it down for himself. He did. He found it only in a certain he, it was He's a fucking straight up narcissist. Bar. And he went and he just went there. He's just like, and maybe that's why it spoke to me when I was 17, 18, whenever I saw this. Is because I was probably just a fucking confused narcissist. That's you know, trotting around like fuck yeah, Lester, fuck whatever you want. Yeah, fuck that bitch. You don't know what she means. <laughs> so I don't know. He's just a dick for no apparent reason. And then he dies and he's the hero. No thank you. No thank you. There we go. All right. Wow. Well, there it is. Clarity. <laughs> well, I guess it's a tie sort right of. now. So and I kind of feel like you, Christian. I really know which way to lean here. It's tough because it's a great. I mean, it's a good movie. You just said great. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I was going to say greatly shot, but that's not actually gram- grammatically correct. So it's wonderfully shot and it's a good movie. But I don't want to repeat myself. There's stilted performances. It's, there's plot mm-hmm. holes. It's fucking, there's all sorts of shit. All sorts well, of shit. Well, I agree with what. It's hard. Both of you said what Travis said and what you said. There's truth in both of it. And I could see myself in both of you. Um, but I have to make my own decision. So Please. what the movie was 22 years ago, what the movie is today, it's still the same movie. It didn't change. Uh, I changed. Mm. People changed. Mm-hmm. Um, how the perception of the film is viewed then and now has completely changed. A lot of people backtracked on this, as we discussed earlier. Uh, people who used to love this, thought it was a masterpiece, said, whoa, 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 whoa. I grew up, or I changed, and I realized some things. It's a lot of the things that we've already talked about, and I don't even care, or I don't want to get caught up in what Kevin Spacey's life became as a 
human being, unfortunately. It's, it's a wretch. And I prefer to just look at the film, the performances, the writing. Everything about it says this is a great movie. And it's... How we perceive it is different than that. Oh, and Christian's point was clear. And I agree with what you're saying. But just because I no longer root for or appreciate Lester Burnham as a character doesn't mean that this movie is not thought-provoking. And to me, it is very thought-provoking about life, everyday uh, existence. There's philosophical discussions that come out of this film. It's like you guys are saying. You could have talked for way, way longer about it because it does bring out so much about our mundane, banal existence. But everybody's living it, so... Maybe it's not so shitty. Or what does that say about us as human beings that we allow it to be this shitty, yet we carry forward? Uh, all of these things are in this film. So for me, that alone, I think, means it holds up because it does offer all of these different samplers that we can go in a lot of different directions. And Annette Benning is incredible in this film. She's so damn good in this movie that sometimes one singular performance is enough for me, but it's not just one singular performance. It's the writing and, uh, like you said, Conrad Hall. So, L, sorry. If I don't say the L, am I in trouble? Well, um, he's got a son that works too, so. Okay, sorry, Conrad L uh, and regular Conrad. But there you go. Yeah, I think it holds up. Um, it's not without his foibles, so I, I appreciate that. Trust I do, me, I ripped but... my pants falling over that fence. It's close. It was a close one. <laughs> It is. I, it is. I fire a gun. <laughs> I, I love fire it. a it gun. Is. Nothing makes you feel more powerful. Come That's on, we right. didn't have Peter Gallagher at all, but all right. No, we did not. Uh, we that said the king. Hair. Fuck me, your Majesty. See, some of that. See, that's a good example of. How He's just a tool. He's a vessel for well, something. Well, no, just so. a lot of the exposition. Like, I love firing this gun. Like, yeah, we see the fucking smile on your face. You don't have to actually tell us, but a lot of that. There was a lot of that, and I just. You know, I think that Peter it. Gallagher um, had some not so great dialogue that he delivered really, really well myself. But uh, Fern chimed in with it holds up despite all the shit. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm coming from, too. I, I, this movie <laughs> is all kinds of problematic, and I don't disagree with anything you said, Christian. Uh, I, I think it holds up for me, but I would never sit here and argue with anyone about it. Um, I'm not, not at all. Say, yeah, no. Not, but the thing very is, it's a subjective film, like all, I guess. I think what I guess where I'm at now is it doesn't hold up because I probably I don't know that I'll watch it ever again. Like it ran through uh -huh. my head before I even saw it. And so I saw it and I was like, well, I, no, yeah, I still remember <laughs> That's an important it really, 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 really well. Really yeah, well. Like as a was lot of those movies. dialogues. Just like, yeah, because, right because we watched the fuck out of it back in the day. I mean, we really did mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. about five years or so. Um, our friend group and lots of people our age just wore this movie out and I'm with you. I mean, I, while I do feel like it holds up and I would recommend someone watching it who hasn't watched it in 20 years, it'll probably be another 20 years before I watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Right. There it is. Oh wait, I just pressed the wrong button. I don't know what oh, that's. Oh boy, there was a burp. Yeah, I burped. I wanted to applaud everyone for their fine effort. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh Christian, thank you for being on the show. You killed it. It was an honor. Thank you. Sorry for the above average at the end there. I just you did good. What? No, you'll go back and you can 
pull the old Eric Branch from him and obsess over your performance after the show like he does. Oh, so I'm never gonna uh, listen to that ever again. Hear <laughs> <laughs> myself uh, back? That's an awful idea. Yeah, I don't know why you'd want to do I that. Put you all through it. <laughs> yeah, well, we toughed it out, and we're okay. grateful that you came on because this was a excellent choice for the show. So that's what matters Thank most. You. And we thank all of you guys for a lot of chiming in today from the live chat. I mean, yeah. maybe we should do the show more often on Tuesday because we had a lot of uh, input. Or maybe it was because Christian was here. You just attracted everyone. Yeah, it could be. They wanted to see what dumb horse shit I'd get myself into. What's That's this right. dummy going to say? Yeah, the bozo. Uh, so next week, uh, is it my turn? Is that it's what's happening your here? turn, yeah. What's happening yeah. next week? It's going to be just you and me next week. Yeah, the first time we've ever done a twosome. It's going to be great. Right, uh, do it. Cut the fat. I'm available. I, I know you are. And I, I, as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh, crap. Well, we don't have a third person. Now we got to invite him well, back we, for back-to-back -back weeks. And, you know, uh, I told Travis, you don't, yeah, don't we, feel uh, you need to, like, jackhammer someone in there just to have a third. Yeah, we're not going But to, it does uh, break a tie, though, if it, if it needs to be. On rare occasions, um, you know, there has been a two-for episode. Like, me and Eric had a two-for episode. But me and Mike never have. So we thought it would be fun to, hmm. yeah. to do it just the two of us. A more intimate, yeah. yes. Just the well, two of us. Do I don't know if I can choose the movie I wanted to choose then because Eric won't be here. Oh, but Freddy in a way, it also... We're doing Freddy Got Fingered? No, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Um, Eric uh, wishes too. Teddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> yeah, I guess I... I really, I would want to get his take, so I don't think I can do it. Um, <laughs> you can, you can get it from St. George. He'll, he'll let yeah. you know. We know his it's, take. He fucking hates every second of that movie. We right. It's not Freddy, that. but let's be clear. The movie I was thinking of doing is not Freddy Got Fingered. Uh, it's a movie that I think he likes a lot. He would probably defend, but I think is worth reviewing. So I'll save it for when he can be on the show. Okay. So if we're not going to do that, then, um, well, that might be too easy. This, what can I challenge Travis with? Uh, or should it just be a should it just be a fun fest where we just ah that's great we he who fuck I know you don't uh, well you're asking questions do uh, Madagascar you're speaking five. out loud we're not doing Madagascar five yeah <laughs> it's probably five years old by now right, is, now it, is that true probably yeah I am vamping well people have already turned off the podcast by this oh point. no we lost half yeah we're losing. Through. Yeah, they're all falling off quickly. They're waiting for uh, yeah, just waiting while you watching you read shit. It's entertaining. <laughs> just fast all right, then uh, fuck it, let's do it. Um, <laughs> we're gonna do 1997's Wag the Dog. All right, oh, I've been wanting to do this one for a long time. You have? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh I man. didn't know that. Shit. Oh. Okay, well. All right. Okay. I all thought right, I was looking. Because it would have come around eventually, anyways. Robert yeah, so I was hoping to, Justin I was hoping Hoffman. to do something outside of that, but I, I didn't know that. I really, I, we I don't hear much about this movie anymore, ever. At least I don't. Um, nobody really, says no. anything. We didn't no. hear anything about it after nine eleven. <laughs> be honest. <with> you. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. That yeah, was a big thing. Like, wasn't it like the um, fake wars in Kosovo or some shit was going on? Late well, so that's the thing is that he was like Clinton was fighting, like was like sending attacks to like actual al-qaeda terrorists and that kind of stuff but was was not sending as much as he wanted to because people thought that he was just trying to distract from his impeachment hearings but he wasn't go figure yeah that's right that's right uh there also was argo came out and uh you know there might be some similarities there who knows but it's not the same movie i'm not saying that but there are similarities uh, eric's pissed by the way wag the dog fucking fifth grade camp <laughs> The movie I movie? wanted to pick, I thought you would be more angry about if I chose oh, wow. it. So I'm actually doing oh, you a favor exactly. here. I'm doing you a favor by 
choosing this movie. I was trying to spare you, but I guess I failed. So sorry. Nope. Right. Camp when it, it is what it is. No, yeah, he, he'll be yeah, he, he's going to be at <laughs> fifth grade camp. That's why he'll be. We were, we were all confused for a moment because we're not Eric. But <laughs> um, fifth grade camp? Fun? it's more fun for the listener, I bet. <laughs> I don't know. We're still losing listeners. So <laughs> sorry right, about your buck well. thirty. Yeah. It's buck forty-five. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Next well, week well. it's Wag the Dog. That's what we'll do. Me and Travis mano y mano, and we thank Christian for being on the show. Uh, Christian, is there anything you'd like to share? Would you like to pump anything that people need to know about? Come to my know. wife's business and get your eyelashes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Where's yeah. the Facebook page? The you got a Facebook Cabana. page, right? Yeah, the Lash, Lash Cabana. Cabana. Check it out on Facebook. I made the websites too, bro. Hell yeah. Build There's website. nothing you can't do. Audio, graphic design, marketing. This guy does it all. Thanks, Vern. We love you too. Thank you to Chris for being on the show. Thanks, for guys. me and Travis. Uh, for the missing Eric Brandstrom. We love you. Say Thanks, goodbye man. now. Thanks, everyone. Oh, this house today. I will sell this house today. This house today. I will sell this house today.